0: Hard to believe that the year is coming to a close, how quickly they come and go. And The older you get, the faster they go, it seems like. I always think about the words of David in Psalm 37 when he said, I was young and now I'm old. Before you know it, time is gone. And so tonight as we think about the new year, there are some practical things that from my vantage point we would do well to implement to help us be what we ought to be in the coming year. We want to make 2016 a great year. We want to do our best to lift high Christ and His Word in this community and to be an example, a shining light for good. And so with that in mind, I want to just think for a minute or two with you about some things that we would be wise to consider as they relate To our service to God. First of all, I want to suggest that we ought to be wise with our faith. Be wise with our faith. As we begin thinking about being wise with our faith, I want to suggest, I want to submit to you, that as we talk about faith and really the foundation of faith, Everything that we do in the coming year, every thought, every action, every word ought to be centered on the foundation of God and His Word. Everything ought to revolve around the Lord. Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing, and hearing By the word of God We're instructed to walk by faith and not by sight And that's really the challenge It's very easy to walk by sight and not by faith And so what we need to do is dig deep Develop the right kind of faith And make sure that we're building on a good foundation we got a a lot of young folks here And as they begin their journey with the Lord, we want to encourage them to build upon the foundation of God. The psalmist said in Psalm 127, many, many centuries ago, except the Lord build the house, those who labor, labor in vain. So we want to make sure that our lives are built on the Lord Jesus Christ and upon God and His Word. There's a second thing I, I would encourage, and that is to be wise, Not just when it comes to building the right kind of foundation, but be wise and feed your faith. Think about the importance of feeding our soul. There are three things that I would share with you along these lines. First of all, stay in the Word. You can never go wrong staying in the Word of God. The Bible says to study, to show yourselves approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Peter said, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. With the new year coming on, I want to encourage you to spend some time every day in God's word. Let me just share a couple of thoughts. First, it might be that you want to read through the Gospels. You can read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you take a chapter a day, you can read through the gospel narratives four times in one year. Add to that the book of Proverbs. 31 chapters in Proverbs, you can read a chapter a day. Go through the book of Proverbs 12 times in a year. You would be amazed at the practical statements that are made in the book of Proverbs. A lot of just great truths. And then I would encourage you as you, as you read, as you study, to meditate on God's Word. Develop a plan. Maybe isolate Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and say, this is what I'm going to study over the coming year. Or maybe take the prison epistles and say, I'm going to concentrate on these epistles throughout this year. Be like the psalmist who meditated on the Word of the Lord both day and night. Psalm 1, verse 2. Develop a plan and then work that plan. It might be the case that you want to go through the 27 books of the New Testament. And you could divide those out over the course of the coming year. Maybe spend time in each book. Take two books per month and go through the New Testament. But those are just some thoughts. But spend time in God's Word. There's a correlation in our faithfulness to God our faith in God and His Word. You can't separate the two. And then not only spend time in His Word, but I would encourage you to spend time in prayer. Really, prayer and studying the Bible go hand in hand. Every day, rise and give thanks to God for another day of life. The psalmist in Psalm 55 said, Evening, morning, and noon will I pray and cry aloud, Make prayer a daily part of your life. When you think about studying His Word, just add to that prayer. The Bible says to pray without ceasing. You go back and you look at some of the great servants of God. What did they do? One of the things that set them apart from other people, they spent time in prayer. And we ought to do do the same. And so, stay in the Word. And add to that, stay in prayer. But then... Stay in worship. Let me tell you what. You could be anywhere you wanted to be tonight, but you chose to be here. I think that's, I think that's great. That of all the places you could have been at this hour, you chose to be right here. Great decision. I want to encourage you over the coming months to make it a point to be in worship, to be in Bible study. I promise you, it will bless your life. There's just no way I can, I can overstate the importance of being faithful in your worship to Almighty God. The Bible talks about how God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. God desires our worship. As a matter of fact, in John 4:23, Jesus said, The Father seeketh, Such to worship Him. That is, He seeks people who worship Him in spirit and in truth. We have the opportunity every first day of the week to approach God in worship. To bow in His presence, to give Him thanks for all that He is, for all that He does, for being such a vital part of our lives. Where would we be without God? And so stay in the Word, stay in worship, and then thirdly, stay in the work. Get busy in the kingdom of God. Paul said, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. There are a lot of folks that are working behind the scenes. There are some of you, some of the things that you do throughout the course of the year, no one knows about it, but God does. And the people that you serve, they know about it. I appreciate so much those of you that pray for one another, that visit one another, that weep with those that weep, that rejoice with those that rejoice, that try to teach people, that try to encourage people. I appreciate those of you that call other members, maybe, that aren't here for services. There are so many things that are ongoing when it comes to the work of God. So stay busy. The devil loves an idle mind. So, when it comes to being wise with our faith... First, we've got to be wise when it comes to our foundation. We've got to be wise when it comes to feeding our soul. And then we've got to be wise in fighting the good fight of faith. If there's anything that we've learned over the course of this past year, two things are certain for 2016. Number one, we're going to be faced with temptations. Number two, we're going to be faced with trials, aren't we? Temptation is an ever present reality in the world in which we live the bible says be sober be vigilant your adversary the devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour the devil's at work and the devil's going to do everything within his power to destroy us to destroy our eternal soul in the coming year so we've got to resist him as Peter said withstand him steadfast in the faith and there you have Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Being steadfast in the work is going to help you resist the overtures of the devil. James said, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. So, temptation. It is a part of life, sadly. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, Neither give place to the devil. There have been people over the past year, that have literally been taken captive by the devil to do his will. And once the devil gets a hold of people, he doesn't want to let them go. What we want to do is keep ourselves at a distance from the devil, don't we? we got to resist him. Stay away from him. Fight the good fight of faith. Realize that God wants us to be faithful. Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. Christianity entails fighting for what's right in our lives. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 1, verse 18, that we are to war a good warfare. We are involved in spiritual warfare. And so, as we face the coming year, don't let your guard down. Realize temptations are going to come and fight. A second thing, what about trials? You know, sometimes we talk about the future. You ever heard somebody say, I just wish I knew what the future held for me. You really want to go there? I'm not so sure I would want to know everything that's before me. When I think about some of the the difficulties and hardships and obstacles that we might face, the problems that we might face with our health, problems that might, Confront us with regard to our friends, our family members. I'm not so sure I want to know what the future holds. I know who holds the future. I know that trials are a part of life. We look back over the past year. Think about some of the things that you have suffered with over the last 12 months. Some of your heartaches, sorrows, pain. Things that have literally broken your heart. Do you remember what Job said? Man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. Is that not a commentary on the world in which we live? We live in a land that is filled with trouble, trial, and sorrow. And yet we sang a moment ago about that beautiful place called heaven. Where tears will be no more. Brother Billy led it a moment ago for services. So, be wise when it comes to your faith. Don't let anyone cause you to compromise your faith. Don't make concessions with your faith. Stand your ground and be faithful to God. And then, there's a second thing I would call attention to. Be wise with your fears. Many of us Over the course of the past year, many of us in life have been attacked by anxiety, haven't we? You know what anxiety is? It's worry. The fears of life. And many folks, many people within the church fret and worry and are anxious about life itself. There are a couple of things that come to my mind when I think about worry or anxiety. Number one, it is a universal problem. You ever thought about worry or anxiety? It doesn't just zero in on females or on males or on older people or younger people. doesn't just zero in on white people or black people. Doesn't just zero in on one nationality of people, but rather it is a universal problem. In Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus delivered what is typically called the Sermon on the Mount, I wonder how many people were present on that occasion. You ever just done some research and tried to figure out how many people were present when Jesus delivered? that sermon somewhere around Capernaum. Jesus asked the question. I think about all the multitudes of people that were present on that occasion and he asked them, why do you worry? It tells me that there were a lot of people present on that occasion whose lives were filled with worry. It is a universal problem and it is an unsettling problem. It can turn your life upside down, can it? There are a lot of people who have difficulty making it day by day because of worry, anxiety or the fears of life, don't they? That's why when Jesus asked the question, "Why do you worry?" It's so relevant. Many of us have been attacked by anxiety. Many of us have felt the difficult the difficulty of trying to cope with worrying about the problems of life. And yet, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, Do not worry. He asked them, Why do you worry? And then He said, Do not worry. I would take from that that the Lord does not want those of us who belong to Him, that is, His disciples... To live in fear, to live in anxiety, to live in worry. So what is the antidote to anxiety? We talk about being wise when it comes to our fears. Well, First of all, I think we need to turn to a preeminent God. In Matthew chapter 6, you remember when Jesus began discussing the whole concept of worry or anxiety... When we talk about the preeminence of God, Jesus used an illustration. One illustration, to me, would suffice for what we're talking about. He said, look at the birds of the air. He said, they neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns. Yet he said, your heavenly Father does what? He feeds them. And so, in light of the fact that God takes care of these small creatures that he made in the long ago, he asked the question, are you not of more value than they? We need to turn to a preeminent God. I mentioned a moment ago, knowing the future. I don't know what the future holds, but I do know who who holds the future. And I believe that God is sovereign. God is over all. He is above all. As Paul would say in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 6. The Lord reigns as the psalmist said in Psalm 99.1. God has the ability and the power to get us through our worries and anxieties, doesn't it? I believe that. So. First of all, we need to turn to a preeminent God. And then secondly, we ought to turn in prayer to God. There are a lot of great spiritual blessings that we enjoy in Christ. Sometimes we try to talk to people about becoming a child of God. One of the great blessings of becoming a child of God is the forgiveness of sin. But you want to talk about adding to those blessings... What about prayer? To know that you have the, mo- you have the ear of the most powerful person, quote-unquote, in the world. God is not a person. We talk about absolute power. God in heaven is on his throne. And we have the ability to go before the throne of God day or night listen to what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 in nothing be anxious but in everything with prayer and supplication let your request be made known unto God Paul said don't be anxious about anything have you worried over the course of this past year any of you have a a problem with worry or anxiety nobody that's amazing let me tell you what if you got a heartbeat you deal with it in some form or fashion don't you if you can fog a window you've got a problem with worry or anxiety at some point in time in life just, it's just a part of life And so what Paul is saying is the way to offset worry, the way to offset anxiety, is pray. Go into your closet, as Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 6. Find a place of solitude, a place of quietness, and bow your head in prayer to God. Think about Jesus. In Mark chapter 1, the Bible says that Jesus rose early in the morning went out to a solitary place, and there he prayed, according to Mark one thirty five. If Jesus, the Son of God, realized the value and importance of prayer, what does that say to us? Do I really think that I can handle the loads of life, the difficulties, the trials, the aggravations of life, the anxieties of life on my own? I can't make it on my own. I need God's help. We all need God's help. In Luke chapter 6, before Jesus selected the apostles, the Bible says he spent the night in prayer to God. How many times do we wrestle with a problem? We're concerned, we're worried, we're anxious over something that's going to happen this week or next week or maybe at some future and time. We're so anxious about it, we lose sleep, we don't eat, How do you offset that? You pray. Before Jesus made that very difficult decision, he prayed to God. What that says to me is we ought to pray to God. Spend time in prayer with him. There's a third thing very quickly. We talk about being wise with our faith, with our fears. Be wise with your future. I don't know what the future holds for 2016, but there are two things I do know. Number one, number one, we have to be faithful to God. Come what may, we've got to be faithful to God no matter what. Now you think about what it means to be faithful to God. You know what the Bible says. I know what the Bible says. So the question is, are we going to be faithful? Jesus said, be faithful until death. Unto death, the promise is the crown of life. In James chapter 1, verse 12, James said, Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he has been tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. I would add to our faithfulness the importance of maintaining a spirit of fervency in terms of enduring or overcoming the various things that we face in life. Look, life can change on a dime. And they are going to be things that are going to test our mettle, going to test who we are. And so what we've got to do is to determine within our hearts and minds we're going to be faithful to God no matter what. You think about the future. When we began 2015, there were some folks that are sitting where you are. They're not here tonight. And the reason is because they have already gone on to their reward. Now I want to ask you, how important was faithfulness to them? Extremely important. Chances are, we talk about a congregation the size of Olive Branch. Chances are, when we come to the close of 2016, the Lord willing, it might be that some of us here, won't be here a year from now. It might be that some who were here this morning won't be here this time next year. So what does that say? It says you better be wise when it comes to your future. Now, what's your future hold? Before Jesus departed and left planet earth, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. You think about Jesus talking to the disciples, the apostles. He is about to leave them. He would be crucified. He would rise from the dead, ascend to heaven, be seated at the Father's right hand. And so he tells them, before leaving them, you need to understand that I'm going away and I'm going to prepare an eternal abiding place for you. All of us who belong to the family of God have an eternal abiding place waiting waiting for us. So what we've got to do is be faithful. Make sure that we are focused on what's really important in life. I mentioned a moment ago being faithful you're not going to get to your home in heaven if you're not focused on what's, what's important. When Paul wrote to the church at Colossae, he said, Set your mind on things above and not on things which are upon this earth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, he contrasted that which is temporal to that which is eternal. He said, We don't look at the things which are temporal but rather the things which are eternal, the things which are temporally said are passing away. So, are you focused? Are you determined to be focused? I mentioned a moment ago some of those that we lost in 2015. Some of those that we lost in 2015, they've gone to be with the Lord. They have departed to a better place. And we want to be with them, don't we? One day we want to be with with them. Where they are, that's where we want to be. They were faithful to God. So now they're in the presence of God. We need to be faithful to God so that we can be in the presence of God one day. I would hope and pray that as we begin this new year, that we'll commit ourselves to being everything we can be in the kingdom of God. God wants us to succeed spiritually, and we can do it. But We've got to be wise. We've got to be wise when it comes to our faith, our fears, and our future. If you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, I encourage you to come to Christ, believing that Jesus is the Son of God. If you believe Jesus is the Son of God and you would be willing to repent of your sins, confess the name of Christ before others and be baptized into Christ, the Bible says that all your sins will be washed away, Acts twenty two sixteen. God will then add you to the church, Acts two forty seven. You'll be a part of the redeemed, the cleansed, the saved, according to Ephesians five twenty three. And if you're faithful, the promise is the crown of life. Maybe you're here tonight, your life is not what it ought to be. Maybe your life's in shambles. Maybe you look back over the course of this past year and you realize you haven't been what you ought to be. You want to do a better job, you want to begin 2016 using wisdom. Knowledge is a great thing. But if you don't have wisdom, you're not going to use the knowledge you have in the way that you ought to. You might have a lot of knowledge, but do you have the wisdom to do what's right? Thank you for listening to the Anchor of the Soul. Your speaker has been Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ, located at 9100 East Sandage Road in Olive Branch, Mississippi. To hear this lesson again, go to olivebranchchurchofchrist.org. Tune in next Sunday for more of the Anchor of the Soul. Will your anchor hold in the storms of life When the clouds unfold their wings of strife When the strong tides lift and the cables strain Will your anchor drift or firm remain We have an anchor that keeps the soul Steadfast and sure while the billows roll Fastened to the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love.